Good evening, happy Monday, and welcome to the Stephen Knight Show. Hope you're having a great one. We're going to try and make it much better for you tonight. Today we have a great show full of the latest in sports, movie views, and of course the best indie music out there. Then we welcome a talented R&B soul singer, Lavelle. He has a new album out called My Journey Continues. He's here to join us to talk all about it. Then in Hot Topics, we're breaking down everything everyone is talking about. Megan Thee Stallion recently did an interview with Gail King from CBS Mornings to talk about the night she allegedly got shot by Tory Lenz. And then uh, Netflix, they are going to add, uh, they're going to be switching up their price structure by adding uh, commercials. And I looked at some backlash um, regarding that. Then Chris Rock, his mother is speaking out on the slap uh, that Will Smith, Will Smith slapped him at the Academy Awards. Find out what she had to say. Mike Tyson gets in the fight on a plane. Was it deserving or not? Find out later on in the show. And then um, a, fam- a bride and her caterer were both arrested in Longwood, Florida. Find out why. It had something to do with the wedding, something they did to the food, and the people were not happy. Listen, one of mine all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course our official website is stevenightshow.com. If you'd rather watch us, go to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and let us know what you think. When we come back, the question of the day on Hot Topics, right back after this. Ooh. Feeling sure, feeling clear, feeling positive.
God has a funny way of showing you lessons. Remix. Featuring Kevin Ross, Raheem Devon, and Anthony Hamilton. God has a funny way of showing what it's meant to be. Had to learn everything I was meant to see wasn't meant for me. Guess I had to fall many times Fall in love Cause all them bruises made me strong enough Let it go and let God do it. If it was up to me, I would've never knew. 
to the Stephen Knight Show. Thank you for checking us out tonight. Hope you're having a great Monday. Uh, one reminder all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course our official website, thestephennightshow.com, where you can purchase our merch like Lania has on our one of our t-shirts, <laughs> or you can learn more about us and find out what we have going on. All right, well, oh, if you'd rather watch this, go to our YouTube channel and you can subscribe and watch this um, as we do the show. All right, so the question of the day is, what is your guilty pleasure? Lania. Oh. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> for the, the PG version, uh, seafood, crab legs. Because <laughs> I was going to say something else that involved batteries, but, you know, uh, crab legs. <laughs> What's yours? <sighs> Lying naked on the couch eating decadent sweets. Watching hard TV. Right. <laughs> Just having a good old time. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what's, my, 
you know I've been getting into these, which I've watched them before. I used to watch them before, but I've been watching a lot lately, like these um the uh you know where they have the the murder um documentary. Yeah, I'm watching those. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I think, I think since you that, that up, I'm sorry, Lania. Since you brought that up, Stephen, you know they're making that the documentary. Remember the documentary, The Staircase? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're uh -huh. making it into a show now, like they did your other. Yeah, I'll be watching it. I actually just saw that. I just saw the preview for that earlier. I'm like, this seems interesting. Yeah. Because it's based off of a true story. But I saw a meme a long time ago, and the meme was like, um, during horror movies, we got all the lights on and shit, right? right. But then we can sit here and watch these murder crime stories, and we sleep like a baby. Yeah. What's wrong with us? What is wrong with us? I know. I know. I'm at home when I'm by myself. I watch them at work. Yeah. Now, see, I like watch some of that with all the lights off, pitch black. I got to be into it, especially a good horror movie. Okay. But tweet us at home and let us know what's your guilty pleasure. Stephen I show SHO. All right. Well, as pre previously reported, Megan Thee Stallion opened up about her unfortunate shooting incident that left her injured back in 2020. The first clip from the interview had folks online talking. And on Monday, CBS Mornings dropped the remainder of the uh, interview. An interview and emotional Megan shared why at first she told the police that she stepped on glass instead of revealing that she had been shot in her foot. Megan said, I didn't want them to kill us. So pretty much she was saying this is right after the George Floyd situation. And mm -hmm. she knew that the police coming and um, uh, Tory Tory Lynn's having that gun she was scared for their life. So she's trying to get them out of that situation. So she initially lied and said she stepped on glass. Um, there has been a lot back and forth who uh, pulled the trigger the night of the incident. Megan said it was Tory Lynn, uh, but Tory continues to maintain his innocence. And some folks have mentioned Megan's former best friend, Kelsey Nicole, who was also uh, present that night. And text messages obtained by CBS News it was revealed that the night of the shooting, Kelsey texted Megan's security guard and said, help, Tori shot Megan. CBS reached out to uh, Kelsey's attorney who declined to comment about the situation, but did say, I can assure you my client has not been paid a dime by any party involved to remain silent, as suggested on social media posts. Um, it was also believed that Tori and Megan had more than just a friendship. Now, uh, Gail asked her about that, um, did they have, were they in a relationship, you know, at one point, or they have a sexual relationship? Initially, Megan kind of skipped over the question. Then Gail asked her again, and she kind of hesitated, but she said, no, they were just really close friends. She said, he's to hang out all the time. But Tori tweeted um, previously back in February, good dick had me effing two best friends, and I got caught. That's why I apologize for. It's sick how you spun it, though. However, Megan tells Gail again they were not dating, they were just, um, and then they did not have a sexual relationship. Now, earlier this month, <coughs> excuse me, earlier this month, Megan Tory appeared in court, and Tory was handcuffed after violating the personal contact order as he tweeted out about the incident. Shortly after, he posted $350,000 bond and was re uh, released from custody. Megan shares her story of the 2020 incident when she was shot in her foot. So one thing she was saying that um, when um, they were they were all at a party, um, Kylie Jenner's party, her house, house party, 
and Megan was ready to leave. Everyone else wasn't ready to leave. They got in the car and she said it wasn't like anyone was yelling or screaming, but um, the car was pulled over. She told them to pull over the car and Tori, um, they got in the car and he he kind of reached over the car. He wasn't out the car. And he told her to dance, bitch, and shot her in her foot. And she couldn't believe it. And then he um, said, she said, he said, allegedly, um, you know, I'm so sorry. Um, don't tell him when I did this, I'll pay you a million dollars. And she was kind of, what are you talking about? You know, kind of thing. So uh, I'll ask you, TK, what do you think about all this? Do you, th- well, do you think it was a good idea for Megan to sit down and have an interview with Gail because there'd been so much back and forth on social media? So my, my question is why? Like, it happened. We've passed that point. You've, you've had these phenomenal performances and your, your name has now been cleansed of that incident, sort of, because no one had been talking about it. Now all of a sudden it's back again. Why though? Why now? I don't I don't Probably know. Because there's been so much back and forth and people are actually believing that this didn't happen when she still has the stump scrap metal from the bullets in her foot. You know? Yeah, this situation, if you would just keep quiet about it, and, and I don't know like what, what she wants from this situation, but if she would have kept quiet about it, it would have gone away because he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to deal with it. He wants to run away from it. Mm-hmm. And I do understand that she wanted some kind of resolution. And this was, uh, where are we? We're, we're in April. So this was going on like in the winter, tough. And then it dissipated. It kind of went away. She had those phenomenal performances. She was on the Grammys. She was on Saturday Night Live. She did a wonderful performance. No one was talking about this. Is that Coachella? Mm-hmm. Talking about it. Why? My thing is this. You have money. You have fame. You have popularity. You have influence. Why still do ratchet stuff? Why still dabble in that? Rise above it. Be better. You have a career now. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Lanier? Um, it's interesting uh, what Chike just said about, you know, where you are right now. Why continue to be ratchet? And if you uh, if you look at it, you know, how from how Cardi B started to where she is now, she kind of, you know, she reeled it in a little bit because that money started coming a little bit different, especially with them brand deals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about this situation, and I, I don't understand the the uh, need to sit down and have this conversation with uh, with Gail. I don't, I don't get it. Like this incident happened in 2020. We're in 2022. I can see if if it had been done earlier, like like um, with certain situations, people jump on it immediately to you know to do damage control, so they can get their narrative out there. But from the beginning, I know that there's this thing about not believing black women because from the beginning, a lot of people did not believe her, and I know that she lied initially because she didn't want anything to happen. But I'm at a loss. Like I would be, because the best friend, I'm 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 confused about her too, because they're no longer friends. They're no longer friends. And then there was something where she has said Tori didn't shoot her, but you sent the text that said he did. Yep. 
So there's so much conflicting, you know, statements in this case and whatever resolution I, I hate, I wish that her mom was still here because yeah. maybe that would help her have, you know, some balance because her mom passed right when she was getting on the cusp of where, you know, where she is now. Mm -hmm. And maybe she would have some balance and some protection. I don't know what her team thinking. She, I wouldn't have been sitting down with Gail, I tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, after uh, one uh, after one saying ads won't appear, it seems like Netflix is changing their approach. The company plans to offer ad supported subscription options to offset the current pricing structure, according to Hollywood Reporter. On a company call Tuesday, co-CEO Reed Hastings stated that he was that the streaming giant would uh, take another approach to offer services. He stated. Those who have followed Netflix know that I have been against the complexity of advertising with a, and a big fan of the simplicity of subscription. He continued, but as much as I am a fan of that, I'm a bigger fan of a consumer choice and allowing consumers who would like to have a lower price and are advertising tolerant get what they want. It makes a lot of sense. Stating the new plan will be similar to Hulu, Hastings also noted how well this ad-supported uh, plan worked for their uh, competitors. It's pretty clear that uh, it's working for Hulu, Disney is doing it, HBO did it. We don't have any doubt that it works. This comes days after Netflix announced they lost over 200,000 subscribers during the first quarter of 2022, which was the first decline in 10 years. Netflix also plummeted by 30% and dropped in their uh, share price uh, contributed to the loss of more than 40 million of the company's uh, market cap. The company stated that there were several factors to contribute to their loss, including households sharing passwords. They told shareholders that 100 million households, households share passwords, which means it's hard to grow membership in many markets. And they're also talking about really digging deep into um, cutting that, you know, banning the uh, sharing of passwords. But some people are saying that if, if Netflix um, turns to this model, they're going to they're going to um, end their subscription because they are the highest, one of the highest um, subscriptions. But Neil, what do you think about this? Um, so I, <laughs> Hulu does the whole showing ads, kind of like commercials or whatever. Yes. Um, it's a turnoff. Uh, and with Hulu, um, I have Hulu and I don't even watch it. And even when I try to, yeah, nah, it ain't working for me. Mm -hmm. um, because I have to log out of every device that I'm on and I can only be on one. So if I'm in my house, I got to log out of the living room and then log in in the bedroom. No, that's inconvenient for me when mm -hmm. I can just click Netflix and I'm on. Netflix is becoming expensive. Um, and if that's a model that they're going to switch to, then I guess I'm just going to have to stick with, uh, you, this good old YouTube, uh, you know, I already cut out cable cause yeah. I don't even have cable. I haven't, I haven't had cable in years. Yeah. Um, but YouTube also has YouTube TV. Mm. So thank you to my boyfriend for getting us that family plan. Yeah. That's what uh, I yeah. So, and I mean, like you're able to share that. You know what I mean? So if there are other options that people have, you know, and I hope that Netflix understands you grew your platform 
So it's not like just because people share passwords, you losing money. Don't act like that. Don't do that. I ain't ain't denying or confirming if I'm sharing passwords, but I'm just saying. Right. Chicken, what are your thoughts on this? So you know you're in my wheelhouse now. Uh, So Netflix needs to count their blessings. I don't know any other streaming platform, network, television channel. I don't know anything else out there that's actually a part of the culture, the way Netflix is. Netflix and chill. Where, who, who else has that? Yeah. So in saying that, Netflix is embedded into the culture, into around the world, basically. That, that's a known saying. No, they do not have commercials, but the other thing that the other streaming services offer, like Hulu, they tap into other networks. So mm-hmm. like with Hulu, you can log in, if you have like uh, the Supreme Hulu, you can log into Lifetime. If you have, uh, what's another streaming service? Uh, like with Amazon, you can get a whole bunch of other channels. Yeah. HBO, Showtime. Exactly. So. Netflix needs to calm down and they need to count their blessings. Maybe they need to offer something different. Maybe they need to get better movies. Maybe they need to get Netflix exclusive stuff just so that people would have to have Netflix in order to see them. Get some original programming. Yeah. Hello, you know, a couple of filmmakers that would love to have a, a Netflix series that's strictly Netflix. Absolutely. Hello. See me, Netflix. I have artists and talent all day long. Come on, do better. Why, why is it, you know, that you have to raise your prices in order for you to get ahead? Get creative. Aren't you an artistic platform? Get and it's complicated. It's complicated to get, it's complicated to get material on Netflix. That's why people get stuff put on Amazon and Tubi and stuff like that, because it's so much easier, especially as artists. If you're just looking for content, then why do you make it so difficult? Oh, because you want it to be of a certain quote unquote caliber um, in regards to you know what you put on there. But when I go to scroll, I'm like, well, I mean, really not knowing here, I won't watch. And that's all good, and that's fine. Maybe you need to, to create a division that's specifically for indie artists. So mm-hmm. that way it's attached to all the other stuff that you have. You can mm-hmm. still be your Cadillac premiere streaming service over here, but then offer something else. There's a whole movie studio surrounding Amazon. Movies come out and they're from Amazon Studios. Maybe mm-hmm. they get their own studios. Maybe you can get some more money that way. Why do you think they dropped so many subscribers in the first quarter? You think because of pricing? Probably. And, and also with the other streaming services, they offer different things. Mm-hmm. Netflix needs to incorporate sporting events like the other streaming services do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hulu and um, Amazon, you can check out sports mm-hmm. on both of those uh, platforms. You can tap into live TV. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this people that opt to drop their cable, to drop, I'm going to say their name, to drop Xfinity because they're expensive as hell. When mm. they decide to drop them, they lose that option of live TV. But when you pick up a streaming service that also gives you access to live television, wouldn't you want to go there? And it's cheaper? Come yeah. on, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Stop crying. Yeah. 
All right, well, it's been a month since Chris Brown was I slapped Will Smith at this year's Academy Awards. Many people have weighed in about the situation. Now Chris Rock's mother's sharing her thoughts about the whole situation. Hold on, I'm sorry. You say what? You damn sure say Chris Brown first. Oh, Chris Rock, Chris Rock. Chris Rock slapped Will Smith at the Academy Awards. But now his mom's weighing in, uh, sharing her thoughts about the whole incident. During an interview with South Carolina's WISTV, Chris's mother, Rose Rock, shared her thoughts about the slap and revealed the incident not only affected Chris. She said, when Will slapped Chris, he slapped all of us, but he really slapped me. When you at, uh, when asked why does she, she say that, she continued, when you hurt my child, you hurt me. Uh, she was also asked if given the chance to speak to Will, what would she say? She said, I have no idea what I would say other than uh, what in the world were you thinking? You did a slap, but so many things could have happened from that. Chris uh, could have stepped back and fallen. You really could have gotten taken out in handcuffs. Uh, you didn't think. You reacted to your wife giving you the side eye and you went and made her day because she was mulled over in laughter when it happened. Now, Ms. Rose, um, Ms. Rose, who was not in attendance at this year's show, says Chris was excited to present Questlove as his award, but the moment was taken away due to the slap. She added, no one uh, even heard his speech. No one was able to just be in the moment because everyone was sitting there like, what just happened? The new episode of Red Table Talk began earlier this week, and at the start of the new episode, Jada uh, Pinkett Smith revealed that the Smith family is still healing from the Oscar incident. She said, considering all that has happened in the last few weeks, the Smith family has been focused on deep healing. Uh, some of the discoveries around our healing will be shared at the table when the time calls. Now, earlier this month, the Academy announced that Will Smith was banned for 10 years uh, from attending the Oscars and, and the Academy events. Um, Chike, what, uh, what do you think about his mother speaking out and her thoughts? I mean, she's she, she sharing her feelings. She's entitled. Yeah. And, and you know, old school, you know, that's his mom. Yeah. What my family is and how I was raised, when you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. That's how it goes. Mm -hmm. She's just speaking her mind. She's entitled. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Anil? Um, I mean... You know, I've never even seen his mom before, but he's real pretty. I, I he ain't, but um, so uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, his brothers have been speaking out, so you know, I, I know that Tony Rock has been going hey. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not. I mean, how do you expect for someone's family members to just you know hold back? on something that, you know, was just really, that was, it's, it was a crazy moment and, you know, everybody's still trying to process it. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you do? And can I just say that that whole, my family's healing during this time, it just sounds a little <laughs> to me, but. And, and, and you brought up something, you brought up his brother, uh, Tony. Let us just keep in mind that that Tony did work for Will Smith at one point in time. Mm. Yeah. Another thing his mom said, she said that um, that Will never really apologized. She said his team came up with a well-written statement, but she said something like that. He should have called Chris and apologized to him, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. But um, we're going to take a quick break. Oh, and also I heard that the Smiths are in India right now at some retreat. Um, I guess for their cleansing, meditation, and all kind of stuff. After yeah. all this, yeah. 
Mm. Okay. Listen, when we come back, find out what happened to Mike Tyson on the plane or what he did to somebody on the plane. And then a bride and her caterer both got arrested. Find out why we come back right after this. Okay. Yeah. Ah. Brooklyn vibes. You know the Brooklyn. Brooklyn. LR Blitzkrieg. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Gorilla, Gorilla motherfucker. So you need stupid, stupid. Up your life. Up your life to the casket drops. Up your life to the casket drops. I set up shop with mixed rocks that are upset rookies. I'll scot it. Imagine me crying over rookies. Imagine that with your wife. Do you live with your spouse? Gun All them dish DMs on my dish in they mouth. Take that, take that. I piss on her in the shower. Put bricks in the house. Or hamsters in her mouth. Uh. Let me show you what this shit's about. You need a hood pass. I be giving them out. I'm a night. Never ask nobody for nothing, but opportunity. Never. False accusations and slander. They tried to ruin me. Off they life. Stay quiet. Don't feed into assumptions. They see my work. I created an empire from nothing. It's all real. You know I'm not bluffing. Block pumping and the cops can't fade us. You better get your weight up. Come back and face me later. You out here looking like Screech, and I'm AC Slater. I never cried over my losses, cause it made me greater. You ain't wearing FYL, you either broke or you a hater. Yeah, yeah, it's cruel. Empty in my till I die. As long as them and I spread the plague like Ebola, we can stack those sky high. Can't crush what they can't kill Skills recognize skills Through love Off your life Till you die As long as them deny On the block You can't walk by Blow it in the air Sky high These rappers can't crush What they can't kill Skills recognize skills Brooklyn Y'all be screaming gang gang I need some clarity you act If shit be more specific I ain't worried about that If you can't concern varies on average From nah I cannot kick rocks If you got time to pull your gun You better blast it To get every tooth in your mouth impacted Don't get distracted If we good good You better act it Or get blacked out Officially redacted John F. Kennedy These men with me They tend to be finicky with this rap And it's the energy you give them These enemy they pull around Ratchet, they kidding me So if you not a friend of me Then pretend to be Or finicky Smoke some chimney Ashes to ashes How these pacifists Rack up all these caskets yeah. It's peace or the peace Though we had that established uh-huh. Olive branch All these hollows dance Guan you're not ready Ball head shells Make you bebop And rock steady I will not be trapped Both eyes open I'm not fetty Get you bang bang With the time time I'm that petty Blitzkrieg You believe I'm ready Willing and able My favorite hashtag On IG is Up your label And see a mind to the death Last and even afterlife, it's what I call a ghost rider. You riding, you a sacrifice. Drop you like a sack of rice, and I ain't got no appetite. And PH just slap this shit out you and get up there for that acting right. Screw love.
Stephen Ice Show. I want to remind you all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course our official website, StephenIceShow.com. You can also watch us on YouTube. Lania, where can they follow you on Instagram? I am Lania Love all over. L-Y-N-I-A-L-O-B-E. Chike, where can they keep up with you? I am the real Absolutely Chike on Instagram, Absolutely Chike everywhere else. And please also follow my my interview platform, uh, Conversations with Chike Evans on Instagram. I don't I don't promote that enough, but please check me out. I'm kind of doing them out, doing some great stuff. Well, Mike Tyson reportedly uh, put his champion paws on a man one, last Wednesday night. Known for his his historic boxing career, Michael allegedly got into a physical altercation after repeatedly asking the man to leave him alone. A short video captured the rain of punches that landed on the man's head and face. According to TMZ, who first broke the story, a witness said the incident occurred around 10.30 p.m. local time on a plane at San Francisco's International Airport. Mike Tyson uh, fights a man who continued to engage with him despite his wishes, apparently, and Mike was um, exercising patience with, with an overly excited fan who wouldn't stop talking to him. A separate video shows a man standing behind Mike's seat, talking loudly. When Mike had enough, he told the fan to chill out, but the man persisted with the conversation attempts. At one point, he allegedly asked for an autograph. A source close to the boxer told TMZ in an update that the fan was actually extremely intoxicated uh, and provoking Mike. After a fury of punches, a witness says Mike walked off the plane. At this time, it's unclear if this means he completely left the plane, headed to Florida, or simply switched seats. It's also unclear if the plane was midair when the fight broke out. An um, aftermath video shows the fan with drops of blood leaking from his hairline and eyebrow area. The man did seek both medical and police attention following the incident. Per TMZ, neither JetBlue or law enforcement sources have issued statements in the potential case. Mike. Uh, Mike Tyson hugs man who uh, pulled a gun on the comedy show. Less than a month ago, Mike approached a dangerous situation with compassion. A man challenged him to a fight at a comedy show, a request Mike didn't entertain. When the host asked the man to leave, he became angered, pulled out a gun, and threatened to shoot the host. But he decided instead to put the gun away after the boxer responded by opening his arms and embracing the gunman. 
the opposite reactions put forth the or put forth a question. What exactly did the fan on the plane say that might have fueled Mike's physical response? We know we'll have to wait, but what I've heard was that the man actually spit on Michael, um, I guess when talking real loud, spit on him, and then I think he hit him with something on accident. Um, Chike, <laughs> why, I was watching uh, Michael Rappaport, he um, co-hosted, or he guest hosted Wendy Williams today, he said, out of all the people to mess with, Mike Tyson? <laughs> what are your thoughts? So there's this footage of Mike Tyson when he was probably at his worst and he's on stage and he is like turning into the Tasmanian devil. And like, I jokingly send that clip to my friends as a joke and be like, if you keep messing with me, this you're going to get some of this. Mike is known for... Uh, what they say on the cartoons, myrtleization. Like, don't right. mess with him. Don't mess with him. I wouldn't even begin to even, I probably wouldn't even speak to him if I saw him in public, honestly. However, um, according to the reports, all the man did was antagonize him. He didn't put his hands on him. And, you know, the spitting is alleged, right? If, if we're going according to the law, the man did not put his hands on him. And I discussed this with Lanier. What I'm worried about what's going on in society now is that we now have two incidents within a month's time. Two black men are putting their hands on people and there's no repercussion really for those actions, at least not as of yet. And we've had people behaving very badly in government and have done the worst things to people. And there has been no consequence for those actions. And I'm thinking that the temperature now is that you can do things and get away with it. That's what I'm afraid of. That's what I'm afraid of what's happening. And Mike's known for being aggressive and a brute and it kind of lingers with him, regardless. It, it just stays with him. I, um, I, I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. It's unfortunate that it happened. But please, people, leave Mike alone if you see him in public. Yeah. Just leave him. I, I, I don't have anything else to offer. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, he bought them hands. And not that I'm encouraging, you know, I'm encouraging violence. So he had his friend record him antagonizing Mike Tyson. Because mm -hmm. the caption of the first video, my friend is annoying Mike Tyson. And he's like jumping up and down behind him. He's pulling on his seat, mm -hmm. you know, and <laughs> he's drunk. And need I remind you, he has a criminal record this long, mm. this drunk that's bothering some. Now, mind you, when Mike Tyson got on that plane, he said hi to people. He took pictures. He took selfies with people. Wasn't got in his chair. Wasn't a problem until this dude wanted to act stupid and become famous. And now you're famous. You the person that got your ass whipped on the flight by Mike Tyson. Congratulations. You played yourself. I would hope that you know, um, Mike, he got off that plane. Let me go talk to my lawyer. Right. 
Hey, you know what's going on. It's about to go down. <laughs> I love you, Mike. Mm. Yeah. TK, what's wrong? <laughs> well, I know uh, his, the guy's name is Mel, but I know Melvin learned a lesson that day. Leave people alone. <laughs> All right, well, TK wants to talk about this story. So, Longwood, Florida. A bride and her caterer are both arrested last Monday and charged with felonies for lacing food at the wedding reception with marijuana in February. Seminole County Sheriff's deputies responded to the Springs Clubhouse in Longwood around 9.30 p.m. on February 19th after a wedding guest called 911 and said she thought her food had, her food had been drugged, WESH reported. Multiple guests reported, reported having felt spacey, unwell after eating dinner at the wedding reception. Several guests told first responders that they suspect their food had been laced with something. The bride, 42-year-old Danya Jenny, and another person told deputies at the reception that nothing had been added to the food. Guests suspected that Glenley was lying. Miranda Caddy said that one of the men uh, seated at her table figured out what was going on. He's like, are we stoned right now? And everyone was just kind of looking around each other and laughing and absolutely were. Uh, we were high as a kite, out of our minds, she added. Despite the denials by the bride, the sheriff's deputies took the food items from the wedding and had them tested for drugs. Two months after the incident, toxicology, te toxicology tests determined that the food had at the wedding reception was tainted with marijuana, according to law enforcement officials. Deputies arrested uh, Jenny uh, and her caterer, 31-year-old Joyce uh, Bright, and, on April 18th. Brian is the owner of Jocelyn's Southern Kitchen in Orlando. Jenny and Brian were booked on felony charges of reckless tampering, culpable negligence, and poss uh, possessing marijuana because it's against the law in February, I mean, uh, Florida, according to the Sheriff's Department. Wedding guests said that they had no idea why a bride would want to drug them on, on her big day. I don't know why I think this is the biggest question of all of our minds. In speaking with some of the family members, we want an explanation. She said some of her friends were unhappy. She was talking publicly about what uh, had been done to them at the wedding. I know so many of my friends wouldn't want me speaking to the media, but I think it's important for people to stand up for what's right. And you have to respect the people's free will and boundaries to um, have a choice in something like that. Uh, she said, I thought that I was having a heart attack at the one of the wedding guests that they're having a heart attack. My heart was racing. And before I went to bed that night, I actually slept in the car right outside of uh, Miranda's, right, right outside. Uh, this was Miranda, one of the guests said that she felt very ill. And some people had to be hospitalized. Lenny, what was this woman thinking? I, I I don't know what you was thinking, but somebody could have gotten hurt. And I only said you had, they had had to have put so much in that food. Like, like, what, I'm, you know what? Please defer to Chica Evans for this one. Yeah, Chica, this is just the story you wasn't talking about. Just the house. The that I wanted to talk about it is for a number of reasons. Um, and I'm going to ask you both, have you ever had an edible? Yes, never again. Oh, Nia, you've had an edible? Yes. Okay. okay, so with me, I've had an edible. 
I normally forget that I had it because I eat so much, I forget. So when it hits me, I'm like, what the hell? Oh, I did eat something. And I remember, well, can you imagine having that feeling and not knowing that you ate something? And you, you, you probably think that you're getting sick. You probably think that the world's about to end. COVID? Oh. Something. Okay, so right. that's, the part. that's the first part. It's illegal in the state that you're in, right? And yep. they do consider it a drug. You can go to jail for it, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be a nurse or a doctor to administer a drug to an individual, right? So what you did is tantamount to poisoning. You don't know if these people have allergic reactions. You don't right. know what's in their biology. Medical history, yeah. You know nothing of it. What kind of sentence are they are they going to give this this couple for doing this to these people? Well, the the groom was not charged. It was just the um the he didn't know. I don't think he knew. Yeah, the bride and the bride and the, the caterer yeah. mm -hmm. to be asking himself, who the hell did he marry? Right. I don't even. Did they even go through with the wedding? Because the people started getting sick at the wedding, didn't they? Yeah, but I think they got married. You know? Oh, they had. A, you know, I'm sorry. Child, I never married. You get the marriage certificate beforehand. <laughs> sorry. So, uh, what made me think about this and want to talk about it too? My cousin got married, and I was the man of honor at her wedding. She had a bridal shower, which was like in a club, and we came up with the idea of having some edible cookies, but it was something that we discussed. It was mm -hmm. something that we told people about. We brought the basket in with the cookies and it had a label on it. Right. These are adults. It was, it was specifically known. Well, my mom and her sisters decided to eat the cookies being ignorant. And then after they ate them, they were like, well, what's going, they were laughing and giggly at first. And then it was mm -hmm. like, well, what's I feel funny. Like, no one told you to eat, eat the cookies. Right. These were specifically for her and her friends. You were being greedy. That's a totally different situation. <laughs> I just don't understand where her mind was to taint all the food for all the guests yes. in the entire wedding. Why? How? Poor Kay. I don't mm -hmm. get it. I don't, I don't understand yeah. that. I mean, what was the point? You know what I mean? And that's your I mean, wedding day. Everybody at that wedding should sue the hell out of her. That's what I'm about to say. Like, like you need to lose your job. You need to lose everything because that's ridiculous. Like that it, it, marriage. What a way. You know, we already we already don't like eating everybody cooking. So when we go out to especially to somewhere where like you're not expecting for mm -hmm. that to happen is we because we already got to deal with nasty ass food. Now right. you're gonna go and put a whole bunch of Mary Jane in it. Right. And be sitting around here looking like paper passed out somewhere. And what if someone <laughs> had to do a random uh drug test at work? You know what I mean? Yeah, how about that? Can you imagine these people in the future? Remember that time we was at that wedding and we got high? I I don't get that. I I when I heard this story, I was thinking, what was she thinking? What was she thinking? Wow. Well, thank we no one really got hurt, but um, yeah. Well, listen, thank you, Lanier, as always, for Hot Topics. Check out CM Movie Reviews, and when we come back, our interview with Lavelle. Right back after this. It's another one. Uh, and another one. Yeah. It's Kenny Black, the music machine on the track. Oh, 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 o
around Senegal Kept it light, couple drinks, here getting them a call Was chilling with some older folks Kinda chilly, help you button up your overcoat Hold a toast, bottle like half a brick School girl, why your Kim study Latin lit Passionate, love to help the less fortunate Triple threat, had them all without a gorgeousness Homesick, talking about she love the snow Different places that her mother and her cousins go Bungalows, wanna hide like one of those Do nothing, run around in the underclothes Summer glow, back home sipping OVO Road to riches, she acting like she know the road Showing you things I ain't supposed to show Next winter, we skiing in the Poconos And in my mind, I'm really hoping so Mind sex, our bond is so emotional Simple life, top down on the open road Black and white like when Jay Michelangelo Was just being a dad though, like Castro, mom's name Cassandra. To this day, yeah, she still make the best lasagna. It's nothing left for me to ponder. Beat you with a bow like it's a privilege and an honor. We at the penthouse in Palazzo, in the Venetian, we was next to El Chapo. Now we lost out in Cabo. The greedy ass, you a fiend for a taco. Just got those books, she like to read a lot. In the water on them jets, like the ski a lot. Tequila shots, batting bougie on the radio. That Jose got her acting like she Quavo. For the pesos, hit me with a pole dance. Made it rain, we got a different type of romance. In the air, love it when you slow dance. She a stallion, she ride, I'm using both hands. Both plan to enjoy this little odyssey. Beach hop to avoid the monotony. Nostradamus, seen it like a prophecy. Mrs. Long, yeah, I'm thinking quite possibly. They look at us like we are novelty. Pop out and paparazzi on the property.
this way That's why I'm packing my suitcase I'm only taking what I need The world is waiting for me I won't sit home any longer Such a job enough hunger And I should be making a difference I know I'm telling the truth Wasted potential is the death of many In this planet of dead men who their words live on, though they've been long gone. Yes, I know I wanna be like this. I got Not gonna walk in ignorance, make the world listen. I'ma leave an imprint. imprint. Yes, they gon' know I'm here. The world is gonna yeah, be my yeah. stage. And when I'm long gone, they, they gon' talk about me. They gon' read about me. I'm, I'm gonna leave a legacy. A legacy. Yes, you and me. Gonna make history. Wasted potential is the death of me. Hit this planet of dead men who
Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Our next guest is an R&B soul artist and songwriter who recently released his new album, My Journey Continues. Please help me welcome the talented Lavelle. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know you are doing your press. Your new album is out. How's it like the build up, you know, uh, promoting the album and getting it out there? Hey, it's a blessing, man. I'm so glad that the uh, the people, the fans are taking to it, loving the music and, and uh, you know, just getting that title saying this is what's been missing. So I'm glad I'm, I'm in that era of uh, help bringing back that good R&B music. Absolutely. And you definitely are. I was telling you before we start recording, I've been listening to it and I'm like, this is dope. This is dope. This is what we need in R&B music. Now, you're originally from Kansas City. How did that influence uh, your music and your sound? Uh, I mean, just being here with, you know, Kansas is really known for the jazz district. Mm -hmm. So, it, and, you know, musically as well. So just, just doing, you know, what I can here in my hometown in the jazz district and performing everywhere has definitely been a big impact on me and, and what I do and how I do it. Right. And I know some of your early influences like Sam Cooke, Al Green, Jell Avert, which that explains the voice. <laughs> the voice. <laughs> how did those artists, how did they influence you? Well, I mean, I think for me, uh, being a young man listening to those guys at an early age, it was um, it was the feeling that they gave you. It was yeah. something that came out of the music that um, even though you, some of the stuff you didn't understand what they were talking about, but you felt it. Yeah. You, so that was the things that would touch me at an early age and, you know, uh, discovering that, you know, I could sing and cause I started off playing the drums. Uh, so discovering that I could really sing and, and those things would come out, you know, that was one of my goals is to, to be able to touch people when they actually hear the project or anything that I was singing on. I just wanted to be, we're not just singing, but they can actually feel it. Right. Yeah. So that one of the things that inspired me was to, to, to have moments where people could feel what I was singing about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know you had the opportunity to sing background with Charlie Wilson. How was, what did you learn from him? How was that experience? Man, that was that was everything. That was that was life right there, being behind a legend like that, man. Charlie, man, his oof, his energy at, at his age right now is is ridiculous. So the things that I learned from him was, you know, stay grounded, give your all at all times, and leave it all on the stage, no matter what what's going through uh your mind or whatever you're going through in life, you know, the fans, you have to please them mm -hmm. at all. You know, keep yourself clear and and, and please your fans, you know, because that's right. what keeps you going as an artist. Absolutely. And I know, um, obviously, when we were locked down, you weren't able to perform and get out there. Um, like, you know, you have been, how's it like to be back, you know, performing? I know you're currently on tour, the night tour uh, with Maxwell, Joe, and Anthony Hamilton. How's it like being back out there? It's amazing, man. It's amazing just the, the love, the energy, the people miss it, and just interacting and, and just seeing people laugh and smile and enjoy and dance. And, you know, it, it, it really puts you in the mind of not taking things for granted. Yeah. So yeah. many times we take, we take things for granted. 
and you know it, we we've been we all have seen as quick as we got there it can be taken away so you know definitely for me it's like do your best at all times because it's it's you know you can't take things for granted absolutely what is your process in creating well you just released this album my journey continues what is your process in selecting songs creating songs and determining what's going to be on the project well for me um i kind of did things a little different Mm. Uh, a lot of people are driven by singles yeah so for me um back in the day i can remember before streaming you couldn't you couldn't just go buy one song right so you had to buy the whole project to get that song. Yeah. So when streaming happened, uh, you know, you can actually go to Apple Music, go listen to the whole album and say, you know, well, I only wanted that one song downloaded. Boom, it's there. So for me, my process was different. I wanted, I looked at every song that I did. I wanted it to be a single, you know, and I looked at it as a single mode. And then I looked into what I was going through or what I've been through or things that I know friends or loved one has been through. And I wanted it to be organic and I wanted it to be something that people can relate to. Yeah. I didn't I didn't want to do anything that that uh, I haven't experienced, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know, I don't sell drugs. So I don't you right. know, I can tell you I'm drugs. I don't yeah. you know, I so. I just wanted to be organic. I wanted to be what's from my heart where, you know, when I go out and perform these songs, you yeah. guys are the same feeling and more. Absolutely. Well, the single Fell in Love, uh, it peaked uh, Billboard's magazine adult R&B at number four. When you found that out, what's your reaction? What was your reaction to that? Unbelievable, man, especially for at the time an independent artist to yeah. even to yeah. be board and I mean uh, and not not only that but just to be there for over 24 weeks mm-hmm. I, 15 for 24 weeks was kind of like unheard of yeah wow you mm-hmm. know and, and once again for an independent artist but it was just the I mean and I think that's what helped show that that kind of music was missing because Every program director that heard it, once they played it, it was like the most requested song all around the world. So yeah. it was truly a blessing, man. And, and being on XM and being in the top, the, the platinum choice number two and, mm-hmm. you know, at number one. So it, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling um, to know that something you created that was organic touched yeah. someone life you know yeah yeah he turned around to a remake with anthony hamilton who we all love um and i saw the video video for that that like y'all had so much fun on set doing that yeah well tell us about bringing him on the record and why that was important to you to do so man you know i've had the blessing to tour with anthony hamilton and uh anthony hamilton is a great guy man Mm -hmm. uh and I hope that God bless him double fold for, you know, you got a Grammy winning 
artist that's yeah. that's just an independent artist mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. this guy came in and showed me so much love and, yeah. and respect and um you know it actually you know for him to say lavelle this actually helped me wow. as well helping you because it helps me get back to mm -hmm. where i'm from you know yeah. Yeah. that 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 people fell in love with me with. So when I hear this with you, it's like me revisiting me all over again, but when I started, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so he he's just, you know, he's an amazing guy. And, you know, to this day, every every day or every other day, me and him are contacting each other. You know, we, we you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. Most definitely, most definitely, that's awesome. I know you recently released a single and video for Don't Play With Love, which I watched the video. I wanted to punch the dude out uh, for the girl <laughs> in the video. <laughs> uh, tell us about that song. It talks a little bit about heartbreaking, but also celebrating a woman, but knowing not to play with her. You know what I mean? Don't play with her heart. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that, that, that song. Man, so many times, uh, you know, we, we, we be at some men be in good relationships. Yeah. I'm not saying all men because you know some some women got a good man or just life in general people right. are good mm -hmm. and at some point um you don't always get treated you know what you deserve to be treated like yeah. you know yeah. and the whole key is for man and woman is to recognize what you're blessed with and not take it for granted yeah, yeah. you know yeah, I get that. I get that. Well, as I mentioned, you're on the uh, night uh, tour with Maxwell Joe and Anthony Hamilton. How's that been? I know you still got some more days to go. How's that been? Amazing. It's it's amazing, man. It's, uh, you know, to see Joe come out, do his thing, and then Anthony mm -hmm. come out and do his thing, and then, you know, he allowed me to come out, and we do our thing, and then Maxwell come back out, man. It's It's something that uh, you know, as I sit here and think about it, it's just, it's kind of overwhelming to know that I'm just a young man out of Kansas that yeah. God has given the opportunity to share my gift, man. And it makes me push even harder to even yeah. be on the platform, man. It's, it's, it's just, it's a feeling that, um, I kind of understand an addict now. Mm. Because mm -hmm. I'm an addict for this music. I'm chasing yeah. it. It's, yeah. it's something that I can't quit chasing. I want to, yeah. you know, you want to slow down, but you can't slow down because you're chasing it. Mm -hmm. You know, that get a feeling when you get that feeling, you know, you want to chase that feeling. And so it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I can only imagine not only, you know, chasing the music, you know, putting it out there, but also being recognized and being celebrated. That's like feeding the <laughs> the addiction even more, right? <laughs> yeah, I, and I do think that at the end of the day, that's what make it uh, so much better because, you know, the world and the music business is, is a little different. Yeah. You know, uh, you really have to be rooted in what you believe in because, you know, uh, just as well as the world took to the song, mm -hmm. but not like the song, you know? Right, right. So just to be in that era, knowing that you've made a statement or you've made 
a moment of getting back to love and just showing love, man, it's, it's, you know, and, and so much you worry about pleasing the people. So to get the praises and the accolades, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, but it keeps you humble and it makes you work even harder. So yeah. it was like, you put out something great, you got to keep feeding it great. Yeah. You can't, you know. Exactly. exactly. that. Yeah. Well, that was my journey continues. What else can we expect on the, on the album? Man, you got Don't Play With Love. You got Karma. You know, when you actually listen to the My Journey Continues, you guys are going to hear um, almost like a movie, you know. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, what I want you to take from it is uh, love and happiness mm -hmm. and joy and something that somewhere down the line you push and repeat, yeah. you know, because you can relate to what I'm singing about. Exactly. And I think I read on your website, you said it's not just the title of an album, but it's the your, your music musical journey. Yes, that sir. Title. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I want to thank you so much, man, for being on the show tonight. Much continued success with uh, the album. Again, it's called uh, My Journey Continues. Where can everyone keep up with all the exciting stuff you have going on? Listen, if, if everyone will, please just go follow me on my IG, my Facebook. My website is everything is Lavelle BKC. That's L-E-V-E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, the letter BKC. You guys, you know, send me a friend request. Go follow me. I, I We update the page two or three times a day with tour dates, uh, new stuff that's happening, where I'm going to be, you know, um, another tour that's getting ready to come up that I'll be a part of uh, that, you know, I want to talk to the team because I want to actually go into each city like a day before, if possible, mm -hmm. and just, you know, uh, be with the community, you know, yeah. just get back to uh, getting at that old roots where you went and met the people and, you know, just people mm -hmm. to see who I am and me to see how it is in their culture and their world and, you know, just get back to that type of thing. So if y'all go follow me, you know, you guys are still with me and you send me a message, I'll reach back out. Absolutely. Again, our thanks goes out to Lavelle for joining us tonight. The new album, My Journey Continues, is available wherever you buy your music. And for more, for more information, you can always go to our website, thestevenishow.com. We'll be right back after this. Once again, what she felt of me to cry. Mm. She don't know if she'll ever say yes to another man that might just treat her right. This love thing ain't a game.
what used to be her happiness She starts to think she's the reason Why can't it ever work out with my man Ladies, if you would, let me apologize For everything my brothers did Fellas, let me give you some sound advice Her emotions ain't a toy I 
guess I don't know what to say. Don't know what to say. As if we have something to talk about, but we just came. But, but we just came. Maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe you'll just amaze me. Maybe we have the same needs. Oh yeah, my heart's golden. Careful when you hold it. Need a little tenderness. If you're not content with what I come with, we might as well quit. And I don't wanna dig too deep in this situation. Don't wanna fall so hard. Will I get back up again? And I'm way too scared with my heart online. Do I even really wanna try this time? Thoughts elsewhere, I might lose my mind. Is it worth it? And I don't wanna dig too deep in this situation. Don't wanna fall so hard. Will I get back up again? Oh, I think I'm way too deep. Yeah, I think I'm way too deep. Hi, this is Dr. Heavenly from Bravo TV's Marriage to Medicine, and you are listening to The Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to The Stephen Knight Show. Adam, how's it going? It's going great, Stephen. How are you guys? Can't complain, can't complain. How's it in D.C.? Uh, it's good. Uh, a little chilly today, but, you know, the weekend was perfect. It's yeah. uh, like spring has finally come back, but... Uh, you know, it's going to be a little chillier this week and then get back to the good weather. So, uh, but yeah, really nice. And uh, yeah, got outside as much as I could. Nice, 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 nice. Well, let's not let you and Chike take away movie reviews. Sure thing. So I saw a movie actually last week, but I uh, wanted to talk about it since we didn't have a program last week called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And I know we've mentioned this on the show a couple of times before, uh, but this is a movie it's a kind of a sci-fi action movie based on the multiverse and it stars uh, Michelle Yeoh, which uh, most popular from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She was in one of the James Bond movies uh, and uh, a whole slate of other actors. Uh, and it's, she is a woman who is, works at a laundromat in uh, California with her husband and they live above the laundromat and she's just kind of going through her life when she is going through an IRS, IRS tax audit. And that's when she learns she's part of this multiverse and crazy things happen once this happens. So this is not like your, your Spider-Man multiverse, uh, but it's very um, similar in that sense that there's infinite universes she learns and people can come to visit the universe and she learns that there's a great threat and she's there to stop it uh, in this in a sense so uh i thought this movie was great it's been hyped up for a long time it is uh very good well worth the watch it is wacky it is silly it's got a lot of craziness to it i will say this it's not for everyone if you're looking for kind of like a straightforward plot with just you know here's the different things going on in your science fiction this is not it they throw a lot at you at once i mean it's everything everywhere all at once right so you get a lot of those different perspectives and different things going on but i think if you're looking for a good movie to watch a good original movie to watch 
definitely check this one out. So uh, top of my list. Awesome. Did you see anything else? The only other thing, I started this HBO show, uh, Our Flag Means Death. I'm not sure if anyone's kind of watching it. It's, it's definitely a silly one. It's been the same people who did, uh, you know, What We Do in the Shadows. And it's about, uh, it's, it's a pirate show where this uh, English guy runs away from his family. He's very prim and proper and he owns a pirate ship and he is going to be the gentleman pirate and he's going along and he runs into Blackbeard and kind of little funny stories go along that way it's that it's that it's takai watiti uh type of program so it's got that new zealand type of humor very uh interesting and very weird but uh you know four or five episodes in it's really fun it's really enjoyable uh, and if you're looking for just something good and silly definitely check it out okay so i saw a few films i decided to go back in time i uh the first film i went back to 1960 and the reason that I, I even wanted to look at this film is because of the title. It just hit me. I, I passed for white. And so I was like, I have to watch this. I, need, I needed to see what it was about. I read the premise, the overview, and I just decided to jump in. So pretty much uh, this film stars Sonya Wilde and James Franciscus and Isabel Cooley. Uh, Sonya Wilde plays the lead character and she's basically a biracial woman who's trying to survive uh, in California. Her family migrated from Virginia to California. Her grandfather was white, her grandmother was black, and her mother was a woman who could also pass for white, but she chose not to because she knew the ramifications if she was ever to be found out. And so the woman basically had issues being biracial. She didn't fit in anywhere. She didn't feel like she belonged anywhere. And she kept getting mistaken for a Caucasian woman. So with her frustration, she decides to move away, not tell anyone, move away and start her life in another city well, actually another state across country as a Caucasian woman. And you know her life ensues. She meets a man and they wind up getting married and she holds on to this secret. But the whole while I'm comparing this film from back in that day to our standards of now. And it's hilarious to me. It, it, and I'm, uh, it's not a comedy, it's a drama, but I'm finding hilarious just based off of oh my God, this would never fly now. Like, this is so insane. Uh, one of the key uh, moments for me is when she acquires uh, a housekeeper. And the housekeeper is also a fair-skinned Black woman, but her features are more Black than they are Caucasian. And soon as the housekeeper sees her, she automatically knows that she's a Black woman. And it's just like this thing we you see we see someone who has African American uh, features we automatically know that they're black and it, that that whole scene was just hilarious to me. Um, it's a watch. I, I highly recommend it if you can find it. I found this on Tubi. I saw it on Tubi. So if you can just for research purposes check it out. It's it's pretty entertaining. And I won't tell you the ending, but the ending is kind of crazy. So definitely check it out. Um, 
The next older movie I saw was from 1974. It's called A Woman Under the Influence, starring Jenna Rollins and Peter Falk. This movie was pretty much uh, more, definitely more serious. And I saw it on HBO Max and it pretty much discusses the whole mental illness. Uh, a woman is uh, stressed, she's lonely, she's trying to juggle her family and her husband's basically not at home because he's working hard uh, for the sanitation company of the city and it keeps him away from home. Water mains break in the middle of the night. He's not home to tend to her. She's losing her mind. And she actually has to be put into a sanitarium. And the way that they deal with mental health back then was, it, it was just bananas. Like to the point where they were trying to get her to the mental hospital. They basically had to punch her out to knock her out to get her into the, the white truck, so to speak, and get her to the sanitarium. Uh, Gina Rollins does a really, really great job um, in this role. And I do believe that she was nominated for an Oscar for this role. Um, I would definitely say check it out. It's, it's one of her stronger performances. Not that she does weak performances. I love Gina Rollins. I think she's an awesome actress. Uh, but this was one of her better movies. Uh, just the whole way that the husband deals with a woman back then in 1974 in the woman's role in the family against her husband and then the fact that she has mental issues and the children. Just definitely check it out. It's, it's, it's entertaining in itself based off of where we are now with mental wellness and illness and how we deal with hospitalization and uh, medical treatment. It's, check it out, HBO Max. Nice. And the third film is on Netflix. It's a documentary film, and it's called White Hot, The Rise oh, of Amber Crombie and Fitch. So I don't know about you, gentlemen. I don't know about you, Adam. Have you ever, do you own any Amber Crombie and Fitch clothes? Yeah, yeah, I have a few items. I didn't shop there during the heyday because it was way too expensive. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I say what? I couldn't fit the clothes. They're off too tall. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would I would hop in probably here and there. I mean, I haven't been to a mall in years, but um, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I, I was well aware of Abercrombie and Fish, but I definitely never shopped there during the tight. So I never shopped there, but I did have one pair of Abercrombie and Fitch jeans, and I felt guilty for buying them because of the whole reasoning of this, this documentary, because this, yeah. is, this documentary wasn't an eye opener for me. I knew Amber Crombie and Fitch was racist, you know, back then. And that was just a story that I never went into because I knew that they didn't make their clothes for me. They didn't even want me walking through their threshold. Uh, they would never hire me. So I didn't want to have anything to do with them. But on a whim, I just went and bought a pair of jeans. And those were the best fitting pair of jeans I've ever owned in my life. I would never go back and buy anything else from them. Um, this, you saw the documentary, Steven? Yeah, I watched it over the weekend because I couldn't walk. So I watched it over the weekend. What happened to your leg? Yeah, I had another flare up. Oh, man. Old <laughs> age. Shellfish. Oh, yeah. This film, uh, documentary film, uh, discusses Abercrombie and Fitch about 25 years ago in their heyday when they were ruling the country and all the malls across the country. And they had the hottest clothes and the hottest ads and the greatest billboards and they were sexualizing 
being very divisive. Uh, I can't say the word. Divisive. Divisive. Yeah, divisive. Very divisive, and uh, it had lawsuits basically back then that we didn't know about uh, for racism and discrimination. Mm-hmm. And and as a as a black person. And in my crew and the people that I knew, we knew what Abercrombie and Fitch was about. We didn't really shop there. And it was like a quiet thing that we just never really discussed. Like everybody knew, we just didn't say anything because it wasn't something to be said, we just knew. Uh, But when you went into the store, it was just all American, you know, washboard ads, all California, you know, perfect bodies, long blonde hair, you know, the college athlete, you know, it was just, it was just very contrived. And they talked about the CEO, Mr. Mike Jeffries, I'm gonna say his name. And he was just a villain when it came to his marketing. Like he specifically had a criteria that you had to follow to the point where there was a playbook and they had pictures in it. You hire this person that looks like this. If they look like this, don't hire them. Or if you do hire someone that looks a certain way, or they're of a certain color, they cannot work in the front, they must work in the back. Or in the and they store. can't work during the day at the work at night. Yes, or the duties are you have to be part of the janitorial crew, not necessarily part of the, you know, the sales floor. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And um, remember, um, remember the t-shirts, the t-shirts um, with the Asian slogans on, I mean, out of line. The racist t-shirts. So when they started, I, I, I recall, Seeing the t-shirts. Two Wongs make a make a white. Yeah, two Wongs make a white. That's what the t-shirt said. And it was like two Wongs, two Wongs make a white. And it was two Asian people wearing um the hats. Uh, yeah. With the bamboo stick with two pails in front of a laundromat. That's what was on the front. Mm-hmm. Wongs make a white. It was horrible. Horrible. They were but, they faced lawsuits. They were forced to get what was it? A, a, a diversity diversity office? coach. Mm. I mean, yeah. diversity. Yeah. Who yeah, now no longer works for them, but he's but he doesn't talk bad about them though. No, he doesn't talk bad about them, but he was just basically put there as a placeholder to say that they did something. Right. And uh, all, they, all they did was change the criteria of the positions. So instead of it being a salesperson on the sales floor. They changed it to model. That was the name of model. Yeah. So that they could get away with discriminating because Mm -hmm. it could fall in the lines of okay, this person is a model for the store. The model for the store has to look a certain way. The model of the store has to be dressed like this. Mm -hmm. They were able to get away with it. And then they did hire people of color, but then they put them in the back Mm -hmm. or they would work at night. At night, and remember the one girl, um, the black woman. She, um, they pretty much took her off the schedule after she asked if she could work more hours or switch her schedule with another coworker. And they said, "Oh no, we don't have an opening." And she was like, "Well, the girl said that I could work." She said, "No, we don't have an opening." And then eventually they took her off the schedule, and so she was upset and told her mom about it. Her mom said, "I never understood why you like working in the first place." It was like blind. It was in plain sight to us that they didn't want yeah. you. To- 
Yeah. So was the documentary any good? Because I mean, this is all not good. new ground, right? Like we all knew this. Like there was, I, I don't think the documentary exposed any. I haven't seen it, but I assume it didn't expose anything that was like groundbreaking. So oh, it was I know about the brain. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. We, we all knew this. It was something that we all knew, but I didn't know how deep it went. Yeah. How contrived it was. Yeah. It's really bad. So like, to the point where they would go out and recruit and pull people from college campuses, right? Mm. And fly them out to like Bali somewhere to do photo shoots. And then they would have a tent where they didn't know what happened in the tent. Yeah. The guy that was the photographer. The photographer. Openly gay. Um, I don't want to say he was a pedophile because these guys weren't young, but he was basically groping the men to yeah. promise a photo shoot, like to yeah. be on the board. Yeah. And it was connected to the, the CEO, the company, and, you know, the marketing of the store. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But it was, it was a good documentary to me. I thought it was done well. And now today, the company is very multicultured and diversified and everything. Um, you see some of what America really is um, when you look at the, their models and their um, staff and everything. So it's good they finally turned it around. But do people even workshop there anymore? No. That's why they said I mean, the rise and fall. I don't go to the mall anymore. So I don't know. Right. Where, so, exactly. yeah. Exactly. And uh, that was the last movie I saw. And I do want to talk about a couple shows that I'm watching. Stephen, you and I just talked about The First Lady on really good. the show. Um, where it talks about um, Eleanor Roosevelt, Betty Ford, and Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. And it's back and forth over their years and how they're connected as first ladies in the White House. It's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Yes. And and I must add, it's it's executive produced by Viola Davis. So, oh, is awesome. it? I didn't know she was like, okay, nice. Yeah. Um, very, very good. Uh, is it that's the one that's getting all the she's getting the back is she the one that's getting the backlash for over in in the first episode but it's really not that bad but in the second episode um i saw it last night it wasn't as over or over the top yeah yeah it was actually really good yesterday's episode was really good um michelle pfeiffer's killing uh betty ford i mean she is killing that role like she does a great job and um and I think all three ladies do a great job with their roles. Yeah, Jillian Anderson. I, it, <laughs> every time I look at her, because I know what Eleanor Roosevelt looks like, and the fact that how she twists her mouth up, mm-hmm. um, Eleanor Roosevelt. I was like, oh my gosh, she's really acting her ass. Yeah. Um. Do you watch the the Lakers uh, show on HBO? Winning time. Winning time. Love it. Yeah, Love I'm trying. It. They got three more episodes. Yeah, I'm trying to get one of the writers to come on the show. If, if yeah, if I love that show. That, that show, I thought I knew I was like when I first saw the trailer, and then yeah. it was like, oh yeah, it's out. And not, I, I mean, I binge watched the five episodes they had out, and then now watching, you know, each week, it's really good. I'm gonna wait till the season's out, so then I can watch it all at once. But Doctor, um, um, not Doctor, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He doesn't care for the characters. He said they're very one-dimensional, and they only show really one side of the people. And yeah, I read that article. Yeah, but I thought his character, I like his character. <laughs> yeah, he said he didn't have a problem with the character. He it was a weird complaint. He just said the show was boring and it was just it's like not, yeah, 
yeah, I don't. I think that was his way of kind of criticizing it without sounding like he was taking it personal. Yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is always to the left. That's who he is. You know, well, they introduced Larry Bird in the last episode, and Larry Bird, if he's anything like that character on the show, he is a jerk. Well, that's the well, that's the thing, dude. They they obviously have to make the show exciting, so a lot of stuff's made up, right? Like they add a lot of liberties. So is nasty. Yeah, yeah, but obviously, people watching it know this isn't like historically accurate, right? So I think he's, I think he's taken a wrong exception with the program. Yeah. I think it's really good. I want to I want to jump back to first ladies for a minute, and and because both uh, winning time and the first ladies are period pieces, mm-hmm. and what I do love about the first ladies is that they they incorporate real footage. Yeah, with, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. I love that, and I wish that winning time had did the same thing. But I do like that. Authentic. I like the way when Tom edited, so it does look like you're looking back in that the era, like when you're watching the game. Sometimes they show the clips. It does yeah. look like it's back in that day. And they did a good job of casting, I thought. I thought I, they were, yeah. yeah. yeah they um, are, you, are you watching Atlanta, the new season? No, Mm-mm, not yet. Okay. I will, though. That's pretty good. It's a little weird because it's not uh, – the, the happening is, is not in the States. They're in Europe. Yeah. So, but it was always a weird show, so in yeah. a good way. Yeah. It is. But it's even weirder now that they're not in America. Mm-hmm. So, Paperboy is actually on tour, so they're actually following all around. over Europe. Nice. Mm-hmm. There's a new show on Amazon Prime called Outer Range, which is pretty good. It's it's a I don't even know what it is yet. I think it's sci-fi. Interesting. Don't know. I That's saw Gia Roberts has a new show coming out on uh I forgot what network is on, but I saw it. Um, I, they keep I keep seeing the banner. That's another period piece, and she's a, a, a wife of government, a government official. Okay, yeah. yeah I don't remember the name of the show, but yeah, she has, it's coming out soon. It's not out mm-hmm. already. Yeah, coming out soon. Well, yeah. speaking of Viola Davis, um, you know, her memoir comes out tomorrow, and she did, um, and um, Oprah picked her to be in her book club, and she doesn't do memoirs typically in her Oprah's book club, but mm-hmm. they have an interview, a 48-minute interview on... Um, on um, Netflix that I watched. Bawa Davis has been through some stuff. Oprah yeah. said, I thought I grew up poor. You grew up poor. <laughs> I mean, she talked about at night and being in bed, you could hear the rats running around the house, um, mm-hmm. that you literally had to cover your ears because you could hear them chewing on her toys. She said she had this, uh, this doll um, that had a porcelain face and you could hear the rat chewing on the face. They would run up on the beds. Um, she said a lot of times they didn't have food. Um, and and or how um, about going to school stinking because going you going to full stinking and not knowing what to do about it. Um yeah. and then her dad was abusive towards the mom. Yeah. And she stepped in one time to you know tell him to stop, um, which was big for her because you know, back you don't tell parents what to do. Yeah. Um, but she made amends with both her parents you know or her, her dad before he passed i think her mom's still alive um but she talked about going to school and um the the guys the kids um the white uh, gentleman would taunt her call her names call her the n-word and all the stuff she goes to school and she said but she had a smart mouth too so she'd be running off talking to them flicking them off <laughs> and all this stuff but it was just like 
I, I remember I had a boss that once said that she didn't like Valdez because she's too intense. But if you know her story, you see why she's intense. Mm-hmm. And then, but she said that when she was 29 years old, she decided that she wanted to have a different, better life for herself. And that's when she got into therapy and she's been in therapy. But the, the, the one of the best stories is she was ta- uh, venting to one of her friends about how she keeps meeting a bunch of jerks when it comes to men that she's dating. Mm-hmm. And um, her friend told her that she needed to pray for the person that she wants and be specific. And she was like, specific, like, you know, yeah, like describe them, you know, what you want. And so she said she got it on her hands and knees and she prayed and asked for a big black man from the country who probably was already, already been married and has kids. So she doesn't worry about that pressure with having kids. And she said, I want someone who knows the arts or can relate mm-hmm. to the arts, you know, stuff like that. And someone um, that played um, some kind of sport. And three weeks later, she met her husband. <laughs> three weeks later, she met her husband. Um, and she said that she knew it was what she prayed for when she met him. And she yeah. said she told him, I just want someone to love me for me. He said, I do. And that's what she knew, you know. And so they've been married, I think, 20 years now. And they, they adopted, adopted a daughter. A good interview to promote, you know, her book. They, it was really talk- good. It was yeah. really good. And, um, and she's, and she's, she's, she's she really, like you get her when she's talking, like when she describes herself. You can tell she's very sure of who she is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I actually saw an interview of her um, tonight on Entertainment Tonight. And she was saying how, which she would have told the little girl, she said, I wish she had the imagination to believe what life could be. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I love her. I love her. And, but, but I didn't know that, I, I didn't know that she went through all this stuff that she had gone through and sexual assault, um, sexual abuse and things like that, you know? So, but she said that she just wants to be happy in life. And she said, she knows it'll be ups and downs, but she just wants to be happy. And she knows that happy is not a destination, it's a journey. But yeah, I love I love her. So yeah, nice. but I, oh, the girl from Plainville, I'm still finishing that up. That's the one who, um, yeah, with the text last message yeah, text. To the boyfriend to kill himself. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's because good. you watch that, you have to watch the staircase because it's done in the same vein as that. One. Okay, I'm gonna watch that. But yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on TV. Like we were talking about this in Hot Topics, Adam. Um, you know, Netflix they lost over 200. Um, thousand people in the first quarter which is the first decline in like 10 years mm-hmm. um some people are saying it's probably because they're um the you know one of the most expensive streaming services right now mm-hmm. and they're talking about going to subscription base where they have ads and for, that can be for a cheaper account um what do you think about netflix and why do you think they've they've lost some customers Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I love Netflix. That was obviously, I mean, I had that back when the discs were being mailed. Um, so I kept the streaming. I still enjoy it. Uh, I think the loss is a lot of factors, but probably just competition. And also people are just getting out more. Like there's a lot of shows I used to watch regularly during the pandemic. Like every week they come out, I am so far behind on them because now I can go outside and I can do stuff. Yeah. And it's just, I think a lot of people are getting over that watching TV shows all the time too, because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to jump into a new series right now because I'm like, yeah, why dedicate 10 it's hours? Hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors. I think they'll be fine. Uh, obviously they're huge, but um, 
yeah, it's it's very interesting. I mean, it couldn't happen forever, right? They couldn't grow forever. Uh, so, they made out good during the pandemic, though. <laughs> yeah, and being like the number one streaming service, I mean, of uh, course, they're going to lose people over time. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. But yeah, I still, I'll, I'll probably keep the sub, even though it's expensive. I know they're they're cracking down on the password stuff. We'll see, because you know, unofficially, there's some accounts out there that might be using my Netflix. Uh, but uh, as long as they don't do that, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, because mine, when you literally turn on any of my subscriptions, it asks which person is it for, which, which, which account. See, the crazy thing is mine is just my name. So it the recommendations are all over the place because you got five different people watching that. on one account. Eh, it's cool to hear. It's cool to it's cool to predict. Oh, who's into this show? Oh, who's into this show? Stand, I can't stand when something I'm watching is already halfway. <laughs> yes, that's the that's the downside. You're right. You're like, wait, I don't remember. Now I got to go back. Yeah. And you don't remember where you left off. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, argument to that, Adam, is um, the fact that Netflix basically has the same formula that they've had when they started. And my argument is that they need to they need to step up because if you get Hulu or Amazon, they tap into other networks and they also have live streaming, which Netflix doesn't offer. Yeah, they're trying to to blame it on, you know, multiple people on accounts or you know, the fact that they want to do ads because, you know, the, the ads will also bring money to the streaming platform, which is true, but you're going to piss off your viewers because who wants to watch commercials? No That's the most them. annoying thing about Hulu, and I love Hulu, but dumb commercials... Just pay the extra, Steven. No. See, that's... <laughs> it's always worth it. Your time is worth the extra I whatever. Know, I can ask. $3 a month. Yeah, just think of, think, of, think of how much time you wasted watching commercials and if that's worth the extra three dollars, at least their commercials aren't long. It's not like a it's like a minute and Doesn't forty matter. seconds. That's talk too it long. up. Talk it up is a pee break. Right, exactly. Uh, I got the pause button for that. No, right. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna have a shit TV. TV is not dictating when I get to go to the bathroom anymore. Those days right. are over. <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, always thank you for letting us know what to spend our time and money on. What not? Have a great week, and we'll talk again next Monday. All right, thanks a lot. All right, right back after this.
I'm a freak, but you still proceed trying to kiss on me. But baby, I ain't got these lips for nothing. So they come get them and stop fronting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, baby, that's my shit. Ain't nobody else gonna be hitting like that. I put it down like this.
all want to doubt. If I let this 16 rip, they all gonna shout. I will never hate your growth. We all get a chance. I will never fear no nigga who wears skinny pants. Kinda hard to catch up to because I've been advanced. How many gon' hate on my style? Many mans. That shit like a Molotov. Okay, Corral over here. We both sound it off. Kinda like a Molotov. Okay, Corral type shit. We both sound it off. Slick, sinister, barbaric, and brash. A couple terms that perfectly describes my badass. Jesus was a carpenter. So is my pops. Plus my mama named Mary. Damn right the guy rocks. I shot the sheriff. Slapped the shit out of the deputy. Flipped off the judge. Robbed the district attorney. Mad on my raw is a legendary lyricist. My battles are commentated by Vern Lundquist, son bitch. Uh, all great, here we go again. Clean up and I'll find back on the floor again. Never bring me disrespect. You better hold it in. The most surgical in my city to ever hold a pen. Niggas about to be butt hurt after we play the song. Claws are hating the shit. Sure as the day is long. Won't even know we ate the food till the blade is gone. Keep this shit in mind. We the niggas they waited on. Uh, spit that shit like a Molotov. Okay, Corral over here. We both sounding off. Kinda like a Molotov. Okay, Corral type shit. We both sounding off. Spit that shit like a Molotov. Okay, Corral over here. We both sounding off. Kinda like a Molotov. Okay, Corral type shit. We both sounding off. Both sounding off. We both sounding off. Both sounding off. We both sounding off. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Now it's time to highlight our Black-owned business. It is Thrilling. That's the name of the company, Thrilling. It says shopping sustainable is a key to a healthier environment. And Thrilling is a Black-owned vintage boutique that can help. The retailer site sources unique clothing and accessories items from over 250 independent vintage stores from across the country, including trendy sunglasses and statement jewelry. Again, it's called Thrilling. Uh, check them out. There's a link in the bio of this video. want to thank Lavelle for joining us tonight. Don't forget his new album is out now. Go get it. Have a great Monday. We'll talk again next Monday. Good night.